As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. The title of today's message is God's Purpose. God's Purpose, based on John chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. The fall of Adam. The fall of Adam in the garden. Of course, he was with Eve when they sinned. That act brought sin, death, and sickness in the world. So the fall of Adam brought these things into the world. Well, theologically, it is the fall of Adam, but sin caused the spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical sufferings in the world. The garden was a wonderful place. Everything they needed was there. They can eat of any fruit of any tree. They have the company of animals that Adam himself named, all the species he named, a feat and still today that modern science has not finished, classifying all the living things in the world. He did it, but because of sin, all these things happen in the world. Thus, one may say in general, in general, that all sicknesses was due to sin, in general, because of the fall of man. But in terms of specific sins and sicknesses, one must be cautious. One must have the right perspective. Now, Jesus healed a man who was born blind. Before healing the man, his disciples asked a question that revealed the perspective of their time. They asked who sinned. Was it the parents or the man born blind? Who sinned? The answer of Jesus was neither. Well, there are times that unwanted incidents happen to humans and the reasons for the unwanted incidents may vary. It could be one or a combination of the following. When somebody gets sick, for example, it could either be simply a fiery trial, like Job. Remember the story of Job. It had no... His sicknesses then was no fault of his. He was just being tested. 
by God. It could be a fiery trial, but it can, can be a consequence of sin. Uh, Jesus, when he healed a man in John 5, 14, he says, uh, stop sinning so that nothing worse will happen to you. Meaning a warning that sin can lead to something worse happening to an individual. A bad incident may be a result of bad decisions that were we did not consult the Word of God. We were hasty. We were impulsive. And because of a lack of consultation on the Word of God, we have these consequences in our lives. But then we discover something that John shared to us. Sometimes these things happen and the purpose is to reveal the glory of God. Now, I hope we have the right perspective. Can you imagine these disciples were thinking, who sent, parents or child? And I think even in the time of Job, and Job was perhaps the first book written in the Old Testament, the book of Job, thick as it is, addresses something it's about social perspective because then and even until this time the view was if something not good happened to you it's probably your fault one way or another but hey 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 wait I think I feel this and hear this today among pharisaical Christians legalistic Christians even Bicolano Christians, you'd hear them. They would say, nom. I don't know what that expression means really until today. But it's an expression. It's like, you see, you see, something like that. Because there's always an assumption that that's the conclusion. Now, I'd like to say that there could be different causes to something. And sometimes it's no fault of anyone but sometimes it is. So how do you weigh it if it was you? Well, you say, Lord, did show me any sin in my life. Please show me. Maybe you have, just to be sure, confess everything, right? But then don't beat yourself too hard and not forgive yourself because I believe God forgives and God can reveal His glory. The purpose might be to reveal His glory, but even in our shortcomings, He can still reveal His glory. First point, who sinned? Let's read verses 1 and 2. As He passed by, He saw a man blind from birth. And His disciples asked Him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? That he was born blind. Again, although the sin of Adam brought death, violence, sickness into the world, it does not follow that a sickness is the result of personal sins. It can be a result of personal sins, but at times it is not. In a general perspective, the fall of man caused sickness to the world, but in specific individuals, personal sins do not always cause sickness. Well, sometimes they do. But I'd like to point out here because 
Somebody's going to preach this and say, you see, Jesus heals. Therefore, it is his will to heal every one of you. Now, I find that so strange and a lack of biblical interpretation. Because in those days, Jesus healed very few people. He did not heal everybody. Because it's also possible that it is not God's will to heal you now. That is possible as well. But what do you do? You keep praying for healing. That's what we do. But what's the proper response? I trust you, Lord. Whatever trial you bring me through. His apostles wrote, Paul, in suffering, in sickness, or in health, I know how to be thankful. So please be careful with preachers who do not carefully dissect God's word and jump towards conclusions. That the, that the scripture does not give that conclusion. Here we see a man born blind and his disciples asking a question and Jesus answering. And the next point, he healed the person. Now, let's... Well, first he answered before he healed. He established his purpose or God's purpose. Jesus explained that it was not the blind man's sin. It was not his parents either. God's purpose for the blindness was to reveal God's works through the Messiah. Now, Jesus also implied in the next verses that his time is limited and he should work the work of God. And he was the light as long as he was on the earth. Uh, verses 3 to 5, let's read that. Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but the works of God might be displayed in him. It's not about that, disciples. Don't think that way. So if you go through discipleship with me or with my wife, we have that question, why do you think that way? Why should you think that? What's the basis of your thought pattern? You know, some of us have thought patterns that are not founded in God's Word. We picked it up from somebody, maybe from our uncles, aunties, friends. We created a thought pattern that are not, is not necessarily biblical. That's why we say, read the Bible line by line, chapter by chapter. Go through it when you read John from 1 to 21. That's chapters. When you read Galatians 1 to 6, not jump here and there and everywhere. It doesn't help when some of us preachers do that. When we don't teach it to you line by line. So what do you do? You come up with a bunch of lessons that the author did not intend. You know, it's just like reading a newspaper from one article to another, getting a few paragraphs from each, and then creating something. If it makes sense, it might pass. If you have the rigor, the academic rigor, it might pass. And oftentimes, it does not. Verse 4, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Now, he said we. Somehow the work of Jesus and his apostles and to those who would believe are intertwined. But for that time, his time was limited because he was going to die and he was going to the Father. So he had to work. Why was a man born blind for such a time that Jesus would find him and heal him? And today we hear some of those stories. Take note, some stories. 
where God miraculously healed some people and even confirmed by medical professionals. They would say, this is impossible. The impossible still happens today, albeit it is rare, so rare. You'll see here that when this man could see, his parents, his neighbors would attest he was blind, now he sees. We know him. We know him. But today there are so many televangelists claiming a lot of healing. But where's the movement of verification? One televangelist was investigated to really verify the healing. The medical backup. I won't name names, but you do your own research. But there was no backup. There was no medical backup that the man was truly healed. Except just positive claims. Just say you're healed and you will be healed. And they just keep saying, I'm healed. Now here, Jesus really healed this person. And you know that John is somewhat like a lawyer too. He talks about witnesses. He talks about this was confirmed. He talked about certain dates and even certain seasons and events where it took place. That's very specific. Okay, it's very specific. And uh, you know, if somebody giving you lies, it's just general terms they say. Oh, I, I, I was with that person. Then when you drill down, where? What time? You want me to confirm? Were you really there? Uh, then the lie breaks down. We must work the works of him who sent me. And he said, as long as I am the world, I am the light of the world. Now, the author, John, remained consistent in describing Jesus as the light that shines in the darkness, especially here, a blind man who could not see, now could see the light. And he said there, I am the light of the world. Now we know that from chapter 1, his very life is a light of men. And as John revealed the light of Jesus through his writings, so we must reveal Jesus Christ to the world as we teach and share the Holy Scriptures. And we believe the Scriptures in itself is powerful. What do we need to do? We just need to be clear about it. You don't have to be dynamic. You don't have to be eloquent. But you have to be clear in its presentation. And that is what we must practice. However, whatever way, we have to find a way to clarify it. Why? It is in the clarity of the Gospel that people, that people are open, that God uses the gospel, the spirit uses the gospel, the clarity of the gospel that brings people to salvation. Take note that some people think, I must be empowered by God so I can share. Let me renew your perspective. Romans 1 says the gospel is the power of God to salvation, not you or I. The gospel is the power of God. So what we must do is to be clear about the presentation of the gospel because it is the power of God. And one of the things we share is Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. Then the healing happens. So Jesus proceeded to do the work of God, which was to display his glory through Christ. Now Jesus spat on the ground, made mud, and put the mud on the blind man's eyelids. Then Jesus sent the blind man to wash in the pool of Siloam. Verse 6, 
to seven. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. He was healed. For what purpose? To glorify God, to manifest the glory of God. Please don't forget that. It's not so that this blind man can have some comfort. Although it does do that, right? It does give a blessing to the man. But a gospel that is man-centered, human-centered, it's all about me. It's about his compassion on me, his love towards me, 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 me. I'm not saying he is not compassionate. We are not saying that he is not a God of love. He is. Just don't forget he's a God of justice and he's also a God of discipline. Just don't forget that part. He is. But we do not preach a man-centric gospel. Jesus did not say, for the sake of your own comfort, I heal you. That was not the narrative of John, the writer. That was not the quotation you can find in Jesus Christ. He made sure that the disciples knew the purpose. To say, this is the work of the Father. And that is to glorify Him. And of course, that man will glorify the Father. Many will glorify the Father because of that event. Once somebody asked me, what do you think the Lord saw in me? It's a very easy question to answer, right? So what do you think I said? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's His grace and goodness. It's never because of us, because, come on, let's review your life, come on. Let's write all your hidden things that you're so ashamed of. You'll, you'll agree with me that there's nothing in us. And that's a doctrine that Scripture teaches. That because of our sin, we became enemies of God. Enemies, which need to be reconciled in Christ Jesus. But hey, the preaching of the word that's not, isn't the same anymore. How do people begin the gospel sharing today? God loves you and he has a plan for you. So much focus on the goodness of God. Now, if you study the scriptures line by line by line by line, although the theme of the goodness of God is in scripture, it is not the only emphasis of scripture. Here, the emphasis was not even the goodness of God, although it reflects the goodness of God. What's the issue here? The purpose is to glorify Him. And that has been consistent since chapter 1. So how do we pray for the sick this time? How will we pray for the sick? That your name will be glorified. The Lord Jesus healed once again. It was another healing on the Sabbath day, by the way. <laughs> oh, be, oh no. He healed the other man on the Sabbath, and, he, and his persecution started. They, they said, who's this guy healing on the Sabbath? They, he violated the Sabbath. And these Jewish leaders accused Jesus of working on the Sabbath. I think their flimsy excuses Jeremiah... When Jeremiah said, prophesying that 
on Sabbath, you should not take anything from the city, out of the city, and in. And some writers guided people how to obey God, and they gave guidelines of what you can lift or not, and performing any healing is work. Performing any lifting your bed is work. And take note, that was the added writings of men. But if you look solidly at the Torah, it just meant no labor. And healing is part of it. And Jesus corrected them. So you said every little thing is work. I'm paraphrasing. But you circumcise on the eighth day. Because sometimes the eighth day, that's the required day of circumcision for the Jew. And it falls on a Sabbath. And they still circumcise on the eighth day. Why not make it the ninth day or the seventh day? No, they would not because the laws have stated that. Meaning they were misinterpreting the practice of the Sabbath. And that is our challenge to all of us. When we read scripture, let's not add anything to this. Would you like to add anything aside from the purpose of healing this man is to glorify God? Would you like to add anything? Anybody? Oh, please don't. Careful now. Careful. If you say because he wants to bless him, no. You may say that, but you have to clarify that that's not the main meaning of the text. That's not the main emphasis of the author. I'm teaching you right now how to read and analyze. You have to find the main meaning. Because if you branch out to the minor meanings, then you're teaching it something, now something different. You're misrepresenting the author. And we know that the Spirit of God, God inspired the authors to write. He worked with their intents to write the Word of God. And here we see that the purpose is so that the Father will be glorified. Amen. Why are you sick? There are many reasons. But if ever we're sick, you say, Lord, glorify your name. Okay, just glorify your name. Maybe you want to heal me, but please heal me. But even if you don't. Now, some will say, that's a lack of faith. No. No. I can argue with you all day. It's not. If you say, even if you don't, I will still trust in you. If ever I did sin, forgive me. Show me. Do I have unforgiveness in my heart? Do I have something? And that's not only for sickness, but anything, incidents that are something that we do not like. Bad incidents. It's not always that it's your fault, but sometimes it is. But then, if you go through suffering, remember the stories of the New Testament apostles. They all suffered. Well, if you want a happy ending, uh, remember Joseph. Maybe you're a Joseph made to rule, but before you rule, you must be trained. And by through the training requires suffering. Right? Do you expect a general to be a good general if he has not suffered as a soldier? Will that be a good general? No, 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 no. No, the danger is general. He'll just send people sacrificing themselves without understanding what they're going through. Now, why, why do you suffer? Many reasons. I don't always know. We don't always know. But maybe through time it will be clear to you. But we can pray. May the Lord be 
glorified. Now, application, stop speculating. Small minds might think that the person who suffered did something evil. Take note, that's a small mind because that's the only thing they know. You suffer, you did something, or that's all they know because of bad theology. Please do not be small mind because in scripture, that's why we study all scripture because we're trying to look at all the angles of possibilities. All scripture is inspired by God, not one part. So we challenge you, read the whole Bible, please. After you read it, understand it before you come up with your philosophies and conclusions of life. Some even form their theology without careful study. They just parrot somebody else or they use human logic. And that's dangerous because human logic is not always biblical logic. So stop speculating. Although sometimes it might be the case that yes, a person the fruit of something is because of a certain sin. But we have to be careful how we should think. Lest we become Pharisees. Let us remember that our finite minds could be wrong. Especially some counselors who are not really counselors. You know, counselors really listen. They listen more. They tell you, ask you to tell their story. Help you unload. And then they try to analyze everything. Then they step back and look at all scripture. And that's the only time they engage. But you're counseling with somebody, one comment, quick comment, one comment, quick comment, not counselor, okay? Uh, that's your debate partner, okay? Stop speculating. Don't put everything on a simple one, two, three. Not everything is a one, two, three. You have to know what scripture states and we have to understand background situations. Not everything is black and white. Some are gray. Some are black and white according to scripture, but some parts are gray. And when there is gray, we have to be very, very careful. Next, reveal his glory. Jesus revealed God's glory through a miracle. A miracle is a divine intervention from God. Oftentimes, we do not notice his divine interventions in our lives since regeneration or since the new birth. Sometimes we don't know that God has done interventions in our lives already many times. Sometimes we just fail to be thankful or sometimes we do know. We do know that we should have been dead, right? You should have been dead that one time. Or three times. Because you're a maverick, right? You're not so careful. But you know, somehow the Lord delivered you from that. And it is good to thank him. And uh, what do we do? We share the glory of God. The miracle in regeneration, meaning the transformation he does in us through Christ, where before you have no desire for the word, now you're hungry for the word. That is God's intervention. And a life that is changed through Christ, saved in him, but also transformed in him, is a miracle. So what do we do? 
We reveal His glory, His glory, not our glory. And we have to be careful because sometimes we might say, look how I have changed. Careful now. <laughs> careful now. You couldn't change anything. Maybe you could change a little habit, but to regenerate the heart where God said, I will write my law in, in your heart. Now, that is an act of God where you are given the desire to obey. That is not human. It is not produced humanly. It is not produced by just willing it. I will to do it. It comes from what? A supernatural act of God. To write his law in someone's heart. And that we say, Lord, we desire. We desire, Lord. And that we pray for others. That the Lord's miracle of salvation, regeneration, and a transformed life would happen to others. Now, God's divine intervention is a continuous process. Now, us believing and repenting is, I believe, already God's miracle. But it is a continuous process in Him intervening in our lives. Sometimes it comes in the form of a physical miracle. Sometimes it is not. Sometimes it comes in the form of a heart transformed, especially a heart that could not forgive, decides to repent. By, through repentance and faith, God's divine Spirit or act happens that suddenly you're easily able to forgive. That is from God. That is from God. Because humans are vengeful. We want to. We got hit once, we want to hit twice. That's human nature, the fall of man. We want an eye for an eye. If only the eye could transfer, but it cannot. Reveal his glory. And lastly, do the work. Jesus fulfilled the work of him who sent him. When he was creating the mud with his saliva. Oh, gee. Don't you go try this, all right? <laughs> uh, if you feel you have a cut, don't get mud and try to put it on the cut. And it's kind of just don't, right? Uh, why did he do it that way? You can ask him when you meet him. All right? I don't have the answer. Just ask him, Lord, why mud? Uh, is there a deeper meaning? Meaning? Maybe yes. Maybe he'll just say, no, I just wanted to have fun. I don't know. Okay? I don't know his answer. Uh, gee. Let me pray for you. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I won't do that. <laughs> Um, now the work, what was the work of Jesus? To reveal the Father as he revealed himself. Take note. To reveal the glory of God as he revealed himself and as he revealed his works that the Father sent him to do. That was the work. And the ultimate work was to suffer and die. And then he had to defeat death. He had to rise again from the dead. That's the perfect work, the ultimate work. He had to do the work. But this was not yet dying. It was building up to the death. Because he healed another person on the Sabbath. He's building it up. So that one day these Jewish leaders will create false testimonies to bring him to court. And he would suffer in the hands of the Romans through torture. 
through the crucifixion. But how do we apply it? What is our work? Well, our work is to proclaim Jesus, to teach the Word. Because as we teach Jesus, we also reveal the Father. We teach Jesus and what He taught. And we explain, take note, explain, not only declare the suffering, death, and resurrection, but explain its significance. And what is the work? As it was the work of John, the one who wrote the book of John and Jesus to tell people to believe and take note, John also made it clear that if you believe, you will obey. <clears throat> so what do we do? We tell people to believe as well. Believe in him. Follow him. And if you do believe, you will obey. But careful to say obedience does not save or forgive. No, 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 no. Morality does not forgive. No, it's not in the Bible. It is through faith in him, repentance in his name, that we are forgiven. However, morality and obedience is the fruit if you truly believe. Which means, praise God, it's that way. I, I tell you. Because if it's not that way, if it's a point system, I'd be disqualified immediately. Point system. One sin, one good work. Ah, oh, gee. You know how much calculations you have to do in a day? Uh, am I in the balance? Okay. Uh, is there a point system here, like 10 points if I help the poor, and 5 points if I listen to a friend, and uh, 1 point if I kill a murderer? Does that count? Uh, how does that work? <laughs> if it's a point system, oh gee. That's why anybody who tells you Christianity is about being good. No. It's about Christ and his work. The fruit, one of the fruits of Christianity is good works. But that is not the message. It is knowing him. Knowing him. And what is the work? Making him known. By the way, that is the philosophy of GCF everywhere. Know him and make him known. So I give you four verses of a poem called Work the Work. Who sinned? His parents or this man? Neither, but to unveil God's plan. The plan was for Jesus to heal, to show the Father was so real. Born with a defect, he was blind. Purpose and intent by design. His ways are higher than ours. Through his grace, he thus empowers. Empowers us to understand. Our minds empowered to expand. Every purpose centered on Christ. This truth cannot be compromised. Christ worked the work until the end. All that the Father did intend. Now we reveal what happened then. We proclaim again and again. Let us all rise. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your truth. And we pray in the name of Jesus that we have this clear understanding. You are a God of purpose, and your purpose is to do, oh Jesus, your purpose was to do the work of the Father. 
Your purpose was to glorify the Father, that people would know the Father. And you have called us, as you said in the last parts of John, when you said to your apostles, as the Father sent you, so you send them. And the apostles send those who believe, and so on and so forth. And until today, we believe, and you send us forth to make you known. May it be our heart's desire, our life's purpose to glorify you, to know you and to reveal you through your word in this world. Teach us to outgrow our petty needs, our petty complaints, Teach us to just trust in you, no matter what, trusting that you will be glorified in everything. Teach us to believe. Teach us to believe completely. To you be the glory. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. Good morning. God bless you.